Hello, and thank you for joining me for this Higher Purpose podcast episode. I'm Joseph Mertz, the founder and CEO of Sterning Group. Um, Last night, we were joined by Rebecca Granger. Rebecca is an amazing mother, and she's making waves where it counts. Um, With one in every two women experiencing pregnancy discrimination at work, Rebecca actually being one of them, she's made it her mission to transform the way we all think about parental leave. And you'll probably notice that this, uh, this episode is a slightly different format to our usual higher purpose sessions. This was meant to be much more conversational. Um, we wanted to hear the opinions and experiences of everyone who attended. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you all for coming out in such miserable weather. I really do appreciate it. Um, I certainly don't want it to be me preaching to you at all tonight. I think um, parental leave certainly appears to be a topic which is uh, companies are highlighting that it's a key differentiator for them. So I think tonight would be great if we could share our collective wisdom, um, understand what challenges we're going through as HR leaders or in businesses or as managers, um, understand what maybe um, employees are, are going through, what they're saying, and th- then maybe share what you know. What are other people doing? What um, I've spoken to lots of organisations in the process of um, researching what Trio needs to look like. Um, which is a communication workflow and keeping in touch platform. Um, So I can certainly share some of the things that have come through from that research. Um, I've given you all sort of a high level um, survey results in your pack. Um, But, you know, let's just um, have an open conversation about what's happening um, in this space, what's preventing us from moving forward, or what challenges are we facing, what problems do we have, and what are other people doing here that can maybe help solve these issues for other people. It is being recorded, so if there's something that you want to discuss which you don't want on record and to be shared just privately within the group, we can just let, let us know and we will cut those pieces out of the, out of the recording. Um, so what I thought, just as a starting point, maybe what I'll just go back, um, I do have a recruitment background, um, and then when I came, became pregnant, I actually experienced pregnancy discrimination. Um, so I left at four and a half months pregnant. Obviously, you can't find a job at four and a half months pregnant, so I set up a career coaching business, which is Mama Hub, um, coaching women on the transition from uh, corporate to maternity and back into work. The back into work piece happened to be finding them new jobs. And the stories were all the same. They were disengaged, they were disconnected, they'd been treated in their eyes badly, um, been made redundant on maternity, had experienced discrimination. And to me, this was crazy. I'd spent over a decade recruiting for companies who are asking me for to put women on the shortlist and yet here were these awesome professional ambitious women who'd had babies and just because they'd had a family had felt like, like they'd been written off yet companies were therefore losing this key talent at the peak of their career after they'd made such a huge investment in their acquisition and that's really how trio has come about to bridge that gap Um, And in the research that we've been doing for Trio, it's really been identified one of the key failings is 
the manager, they don't know what to do, when, how or why, so they tend to do nothing. And then when people go on leave, they tend, they're out of sight, out of mind. Now for some women, that's perfect. They don't want to be contacted. But for a large proportion of women, they do want to still keep in touch and feel that they still belong. And for anyone who's had a baby, certainly first time baby, when you go from being a sort of professional corporate woman into motherhood, I call it falling off a cliff. You know, you really change, like your life changes and we change and we have to therefore find a new identity. Um, and if your career has really defined you to have no contact is actually quite lonely. So um, what we're doing at TRIA is really bridging that gap. We're communicating with the managers, telling them what to do, when, how and why with pre-scripted emails for them to send on to the employee. So we mitigate the risk of them saying or doing something wrong. We also inform the employee along the journey of, what to, of what's happening. So we're trying to increase their engagement and empowerment through this journey from pregnancy announcement to a year after returning to work. So if we just talk to some of these, um, which we're all now this way, so you can't see, but um, some of the statistics that have really come to mind through all this research is in terms of women, 76% 76 want to return to work, yet of those that do, 30% leave within the first year. So what I found is that companies measure their retention rates, but they don't measure their attrition rate in that first year. Um, and then the other statistic was that three in five move into lower paid or lower skilled roles. Predominantly, this is driven by needing flexibility. So it's not that they lack ambition or they don't want to stay in the same level role or the same challenging role. In fact, women openly will say, if I'm gonna be away from my child, I want to be stimulated and challenged. Um, yet companies aren't making that available to them. So again, let's, shall we just sort of start talking about these statistics first and how do you find that within your organizations? Is that are these things measured or are they not? Is retention perceived to be an issue or? I had an experience, so I've only been in my company since February, <clears throat> and I had an experience where an employee was contacting, she was on that leave when I started, and I was like, when she's coming back, I was talking to her manager, and she kept sending me emails and he just kept ignoring them. So she ended up calling calling up reception because I was a different HR person, asking who was in HR, speaking to me, and I sorted it all out. And I even did her return to work, I did the Three month, uh, three days a week for two months. Graduated yeah. to four days. She only wanted to work four days. The manager was kind of stuck his head in the sand, and I don't know. He's got kids. I don't understand it. He was like, "I need five days or not at all." And it got to the point where I had to escalate it to the GM, who we both report to, because he said no, and I said yes. Yeah. And he said, "I would like to think that you're supporting people returning from maternity leave, and why can't you have her three days a week for a couple of months? It's better than nobody." Yeah. Because the girl that was in her role had left, so he had nobody. He was sn snowed under, but his idea was, I need five days or not at all. Yeah, he had three kids himself, so I was like, isn't 0.6 better than zero? And I had to really get in his head and go, and then he went, oh, she's too junior. And I went, but she worked for you before she went on that leave. And he's like, but I need someone more senior now, and I need them five days a week. I was like, what? That's very challenging, So we were it? like, the GM and I were very like, we will help you coach her. She's not junior. He yeah. just had in his head, she's had a baby now, she can't do her old job. Yeah. And that's why he said junior. She's had a baby, so she can't do her old job, so I want someone else. Which is really awful. 
And he's got yes. kids, so yeah. you know, he's got three kids. What was the outcome though? Was, did he take her back? <coughs> yeah, yeah, and he's glad. I said the other day, aren't you glad you took her? He's like, yeah, she's amazing. I missed her. She's so organised. I'm not organised. She's really helping me. <laughs> yeah. But it was in his head. She's had a baby, so I can't, she's got no brains now. I mean, someone who's got brains, like, you know? <laughs> yeah, automatically written <laughs> yeah. off <laughs> with no evidence that she's going to become incapable. So little boy's, I don't know, 10 months old now, and I met him, he's lovely. And he's got twins that are about four. That's another daughter who's about six. So I was like, he's got kids. Yeah. But in his head, I need someone five days a week and she's had a baby now, so I just need someone else for five days a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, does this work for do you know? I'm not sure. Mm. I think so because he does a lot of the pickup drop off. So I guess she must work, otherwise she would just do it all. Mm. Yeah. So maybe his experience as a father has not been a positive one with yeah. a working wife. Yeah, maybe she had to go back to work five days a week and he has to leave work early to get the kids. And, and so he thinks, oh my gosh, somebody else is going to be going through that. I know what it's like. And yeah. he's probably projecting. Because in the end, he was like, yeah, it's amazing. She's really helped me out. I forgot how organized she is. She's going really well. Mm-hmm. And it's all been positive. But in his head, he needed someone five days a week and mm-hmm. he wasn't budging. That one's a good case study for the rest of the business. Yeah. Yeah. And great that you, you know, kind of stuck your heels in and said no. Like, let's, you know, because otherwise she could have been out or demoted. Well, and they're doing a bit of restructure in that team. So we were not sure if we needed a part-time or full-timer. And just because of when she was due back, we don't finish the restructure. So we can't yeah. go, sorry, you've got to take more mat leave till we finish the restructure. Like, that's not fair either. No. And so at the end of this month, she goes back to four days a week because she just wanted to ease back into it. And her partner takes that fifth day off and works from home so he can mind the baby. Yeah. And she didn't want to put a baby in daycare five days a week because she wanted to be a mum. Yeah. Mm. And for him to expect her to do that when his wife doesn't do that was really weird. Mm. So, yeah, I think it was just a perception in his mind. Maybe you're right. Mm. I want someone five days a week and I can't entertain anything he said that. And I sort of had to get inside his head because I didn't know him very well. Yeah. Trying to work out why he wouldn't do three days a week. Could he articulate it? No, he didn't know why either. Hmm. All he kept saying is she's too junior. I think he was just really strung out, really stressed out and he just wanted someone senior to take some of his workload off him. Mm-hmm. And so I got, he had another four day a week lady reporting to him. I got her to step up to five days till the end of the year and we're paying her the fifth day. So I sent him a note the other day and I said, you used to have 0.4 and now you've got 0.8, so you've doubled your work force. And he sent back a little smiley face. He said, you should be an accountant. I said, don't you should say that I was before I got an accountant. Winnie. <laughs> so he went from 0.4 to 0.8 and he's not stressed anymore. Yeah. 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 That is a great case study for the organisation and I guess it's, Part of that is, you know, the concept of all roles flex. You know, the more flexibility becomes the norm, those kind of issues become redundant because, you know, there shouldn't be, that shouldn't be an issue. And we're only a small company, like most of it's production. So we're probably about 100 salary people and there is 250 in the plant. Yeah. Mm. But I thought, if this is how they're training someone in the office, how would they treat someone coming back to work on a, yeah. On a yeah. production line with yeah. a baby, you know? Yeah. I couldn't believe talk to that. <laughs> now, I um, work for a steward-owned company, okay. and um, we have parental leave. And a few years ago, I had a female employee approach me saying she was pregnant, and we then um, put her on suitable duties. So she was a steamroll, she operates um, heavy machinery. And then she went on her mat leave and then was returning. And we put on a flexible work arrangement. So, you know, providing her days off, extra opportunities to make herself unavailable. Mm. And the workforce actually said, well, before you know it, you're going to have everyone wanting flexible work arrangements. So I said, well, no, we're going to look at each individual case. And this person has come back on mat leave. Why would I stop her from 
having the opportunity to earn money but also look after their child. And three years down the track, it's become a norm where I've got not only females but male employees who are on flexible work arrangements allowing them to look after their kids. So, that's cool. And That's yeah, so it's been a very positive experience. Like, oh, especially in the tech industry as well, to have um, men taking parental mm. leave as well. Like yeah. it's definitely a big culture shift. Yeah, for sure. And so IFA is part of your EVA, is it? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> it's a good outcome. To That's brilliant. So we just work their roster, and you know, some of them, um, you know, they normally their what parent their partners have gone back to work either part time or full time. We're able to. Double that. Oh, Do you think cool. because it's male dominated, a bit like manufacturing, that they're a bit your pandering to the girl? Yeah. 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 But they're real. Like, She's so got it. We want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we haven't had a flood of 600 people wanting it. No. <laughs> well, generally, people want full time income, don't they? Exactly. To pay their bills. Yeah. yeah, you're not going to get a bunch of. Massive bunch of people just getting pregnant to get some shoes and Definitely not as men. <laughs> that would be a difficult one to <laughs> work. It, work it. I'm working on it. <laughs> I wanted to find out because um, I've never observed everyone over the last say five, six years never really known anybody to take the full 12 months or worse, oh not worse, that's more worse, um, more so extend it to the, you know, after another months. additional. So I just wondered oh, if any, yeah. anyone else has had yeah, that experience because I, 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 I haven't come across anyone mm. taking that second year. Right. Most people come back early because they yeah. have a nine month mark and realise they need income. Mm. But I have had someone that did extend for 12 months and then resigned at the end of the second 12 months. Okay. Because I think it was their second or the third baby and they just realised they wanted to stay home and be on stay home. Yeah. Mm. I had somebody who had twins. <coughs> so it was just, you know, she's like, I need more time. And I went, yeah, I'm probably a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't she want to come to work for a rest? <laughs> She said that you know she was she was missing being part of the office, but she did need more time. And I said, well, you know, I have no problem if you want to come into a meeting once a month just to kind of like you know put the kids in you know, cool. with your parents um, and just come in and hang out and like have adult talk. Sure, why not? <laughs> you know, yeah, she did it. I had somebody mm -hmm. else who took her full year, came back, and within two months. She was really, really upset, and she, and I came, and I'm like, "What's wrong?" She's like, "I have to talk to you." I'm like, "Okay, maybe she's, you know, she can't do it. It's been two months. She's been back, and, and she went, "It's happened again." And I went, "Oh, two months later." Cool. Um, it wasn't planned. She's like, "No, and now I know you're gonna be really upset with me." And I'm like, "Why? Because you like had sex." <laughs> Yeah. And after having the first one, you should have known what was going to happen. The second one. So should we have a chat? Yeah. And then you know, I thought if I was breastfeeding, oh, no, so no, no, too no, much information. Okay. And so she was really concerned. She's like, I, I don't. Is it okay if I take another twelve months? You know, with this one, and I'm like. Yeah, I'll see you when you get back. <laughs> you know, and, and just kind of worked with it. And when she did came back, come back finally, um, she came back at four days a week. But I found that she was so excited to be able to come back and still have her job and still be doing exactly what she was doing beforehand. Yeah. 
that I got well more than four days worth of work on her because she'd go home at night. Yeah. She'd put the kids to bed and she'd do work that she would normally have been doing because um, she was always a five day a week, 45 hours a week, you know, yeah. high achiever. And she said, well, you know, when the kids go to bed, I like to use my, my brain and I put them to bed early. So mm-hmm. I never really experienced any real gap. I just got somebody to fill in for and that's it, was, cool. it was no big deal. That's the way it should be. I think in recruitment, yeah. I was talking to Rebecca about it earlier, um, it, it was tough, oh, three pregnancies in recruitment, but the, especially the first two, with both of them, like the first one I came back and my job was completely different. Mm-hmm. Because I left a profitable desk, as yeah. So what I came back to was lower, and then you had to start from scratch again. And that's out. really hard yeah. to do part time. Yeah. yeah. And then the second time, I just thought oh, I can't do that again. And they were talking about a demotion or a share co-manager thing or yeah. something completely different. It's like I don't want to do that, so I just resigned. Gone. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like it's hard. You work so hard to get where you are. You kind of think, yeah, if yeah. you have a baby, is everything I've worked for is yes, gone down the toilet. Do you yeah. think then that's why people then don't take the extra time off? Mm-hmm. You know how there's all those, I don't know. Stupid. But, yeah. yeah, and I think it would people look at overseas research, particularly mm-hmm. Northern Europe or whatever, and they always talk about the Nordic countries and how, like, you know, men and women take an equal, like, yeah, Sharing shared leave. Job and then this depends on your baby the, as well, though. Like yeah, it's all true. Like your children are individual, so I think like every yeah, every child is unique, and it depends on um, the individual themselves as well. I think for me, I've just come back from um, maternity leave, and I thought I was going to take six months off, and I'm now like, six months. weeks. Well, yeah. fine, six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would really love to come back to work. Like I still, within the first few months, like I was working ad hoc. But um, I just I couldn't because I like I couldn't do it with my daughter and also me as well. I just um, I I just wasn't able to to do that. But I would have loved to have come back to work. Um, so depends on your support network too, doesn't it? Yeah, like your parents or your in-laws. Yeah, or... and it's such a big thing. Like you do, like you, you lose your identity mm-hmm. and um, uh, just so many. Yeah, there's so many things that change as well, and you have to try and fit work into it as well. Um, so I think having that um, supportive um, employer or organisation who are staying in mm. contact with you while you are away mm. to let you know, do you know what, when you come back, it is, um, you can still, like, there'll be a sense of normality there. You yep. can come back and be who you are and have that identity um, and still be a mum as well yep. um, and be successful and still be kicking your goals. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I think that's to, to be able to do that. Um, any employer is smart to um, to engage and, and to stay in contact. Um, yeah, and definitely. Because their, their, they work so much harder, like you said, oh. with your girl who was yeah. working, doing five days, yeah. working four, four days. Of course she is. Because she's now had to be a mum mom as well yeah. and be so productive and there's no time for yeah. anything else. You need to be yeah. so regimented in everything that you do. And she would love work like Working would be escaping. <laughs> yeah, it would be amazing yeah. and rewarding. Yeah, you get that reward out of it. Yeah, that was the case with my wife. I remember when she, when um, before we had Louis, she was working. She was in Cairo, um, and she was working 
wasn't working that much, but she was working. And oh. Uh, oh. 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 No. No. There's no women. What I mean is she was doing she was doing Cairo's get paid reasonably well, so she didn't need to work a lot to make a good amount of money. Um, and she was working probably three days a week um, before and then she went on maternity maternity leave. And she was gone for a lot longer, like who was it? Was it you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, than she planned. And then coming back, she just she was just so badly wanted to get into something other than mothering. Mm-hmm. And I mean I the other thing is it was probably a lot easier for us than most people because I was around all the time too, because like mm-hmm. I'm pretty much at home every day. Mm-hmm. Um and so we were you know, it was a very you know, we were sharing a lot with, with raising Louie at that stage. Um, so it was but, an easier transition for her. Yeah, but when she came back, she had no patients that were pretty much all gone to her other... Yeah, so you start from scratch again. Yeah. And then, um, but obviously you, you have a number of loyal ones who mm. all come straight back. But, mm. um, but yeah, it was pretty difficult for her, I think it was. I, I, she never used to talk about sort of being unsatisfied at work before she went on maternity leave and when she came back she talked about it quite a lot and she mm. actually just resigned um mm. day before yesterday mm. so because she just felt like it's just totally yeah, like a failure different yeah. now and yeah i don't know yeah. if, if anyone else experienced this but when you're at school like, a lot of my girlfriends went into teaching because they knew that they'd be able to get holidays and yes. school yes. hours. Yeah. And then my mum told me to go into banking because if you had a baby, you could just have the mat leave and go back to your old job and do part-time banking. There you go. And she's still with the Commonwealth Bank and she did the exact thing. She started out as a teller because yeah. it was easy. Where she had yeah. yeah, and at and, and those level jobs in the organisation, it's very, very easy to do that because tellers are, are quite at the time that you know you could go ahead and get somebody in and then and part time and, and then she came back and she worked part time and then she went off and had her other her other child and you know the big companies have better policies and processes. Yeah. For for those I think for those entry level easy to slot in the places people I think that they, they do that very well. But I'm wondering, yeah, you know, I read this article the other day as as I you know, because I kind of doing something with my time while I'm not working. Um, and I read this article and it caught my eye because the headline said, if if you're a dad, if you've just become a dad and your life hasn't significantly significantly changed, you're doing it wrong. Mm. And so, because basically you get guys that they'll be gone for yeah. like a week and then they'll come back and they're like, hey, yeah, I had a baby, this is real That <laughs> <laughs> was a, bl- a blip in my life. <laughs> Because we have such a contrast between the female experience and the male experience in so many aspects of our our world right now, Mm. I often wonder if it wouldn't be, um, you know, almost maybe a provocative way of dealing with things, but whenever even a man actually becomes a dad, we make them take an enforced three months paternity leave. Yes, that would be amazing. Three months. That would be amazing. So cool. Yeah. And then, 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 then,
would be like, go back to where you've done your nuts. No, no, she can. Nice. Yeah, Pete, Pete also yeah, takes a day off a week to look yeah, after I his daughter. Yeah, I took three months at the time, and it, uh, it was brilliant. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, we made a conscious decision, and it's cost us financially, but mm -hmm. um, we made a very conscious decision that the years before she got to school were going to be about that. Oh, you know, yeah. um, so I, I have Wednesdays with her, that's what Daddy and Piper day. Um, and we hang out, my sister's moved over here recently, oh. so she's got a little cousin as well, and we oh. hang out on Wednesdays. Um, but that first three months as well, like, I just feel like the bond I've got with her is so much stronger because of that um, than it would have been if I hadn't. And I've got a bunch of friends that, that have kids at around the same time that didn't do that, and a couple of them that work in, you know, work in IT roles where they've been based in Canberra Monday to Thursday or whatever, and then they come back Friday, and they just don't have anywhere near the same bond. They've got a lot more money in the bank, but they don't have anywhere near that same bond. I, I um, completely agree. So I've been with, with Louis every day, bar one day a week, um, literally the whole day with my wife, and and it is it's just like I if I had I been in a normal position, you know, as everyone else, I I would have um, I would have just totally missed all that, and it's just something that I just couldn't even imagine not having now. And I yeah, and I think the flow-on effect that you see in the Nordic countries is a result of men spending time with children. Mm. You know, that, that's why those countries are so, I guess, better balanced in a lot of ways yeah. because the men are actually put into real parenting roles yeah. and it's encouraged that they actually become a actual parent rather than just a donor who is there to pay the bills. Yeah. I've, got friends, I've got friends that would say they can't, they can't play football on Tuesday because they're babysitting. Well, the, the babysitting when you're a parent. Yeah, it's not it's not babysitting. You're not being paid twenty dollars an hour. It's just that that's the psyche. That's how. Yes. I read a thing the other day on um, on it was again one of those Nordic countries, and um, it was. How they had this massive—I think it was Sweden or something—they had they had this massive problem with teenagers like drinking and, mm. and behavioural issues, mm. and there was some crazy statistic. I can't remember it. I'm not going to quote it, but it was a lot. Um, and they found that the the teenagers that were acting out like that was was mainly because they hadn't spent enough time with both their parents. And so the government started giving the families money every year so that the parents could actually spend time with the kids. And that usage, I remember the end statistic, the usage has dropped below 5% now in wow. teenagers, and it was like really high. I'll say both the parents worked stupid hours and the kids were home alone. <laughs> oh, no, I think it's the emotional stability, oh, so they can look for it somewhere yeah, else. So they were basically, um, oh, you mean why it was causing yeah, yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah, it was just a, a total imbalance with um, both parents being around. And you can kind of see that as well. Like, I look at my relationship um, and I look at how much my wife contributes in certain ways and how much I contribute in certain ways. And there's definitely, like, roles there that that two people kind of need to Play. build. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, not to mention the, the yeah. different perspective. We talk about the, the, the northern hemisphere, the Swedens and Norways and what have we. 
they have a totally different structure and financial structure to allow this to occur. We don't have that here. And our taxation is less too. We need Joseph's economic model. Consistently, the, the levels of happiness and satisfaction are so high. Yeah, so yeah. That's yeah. right. So they get the benefits of education and health and childcare. Yeah. But in Australia, from what I can see, it's more, you know, we talk about men spending time with children, but it's, it's a cultural thing. We're still going back to the era when the man, let's go back to the war. After the war came, all women were in the workforce. They were thrown out of the workforce so that men could have jobs. Mm. We're still trying to get over that particular attitude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And women were so just teachers, teachers or nurses, and that's all they did, teachers yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and yeah. Really or nursing. Yeah, or a secretary. It feels like most companies have like a 1950s ad land view of, um, you know, it's like an episode of, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it kind of feels like with a lot of a lot of organisations that I know of anyway. That's why so many women as well now having children later because they're trying to mm -hmm. uh, get to the level or um, have some type of career and then pushing back having kids mm -hmm. to then quickly have your child, then quickly go back after yes. three months, six months or whatever it is mm -hmm. and then get back in there um, and then try and get back to the level that you were at yeah. um, and get that same That's what, credibility yeah. as well. So like, that you've achieved something. Yeah. Like yeah. I've got five, six years between my kids, the three kids. Yeah. Mm. It's because, like, there's no way in recruitment you could go back a year, like, do it a year later and then no. expect to be back where yeah. you were. Well, even now, just with having Ruby coming back, I don't know if I'll have a second one. Mm. Because I think that I think I couldn't have it for another. I couldn't have another baby for another two years. Yeah. yeah. One of my best friends is um, waited till she's thirty five to have her first child, mm -hmm. and she's an executive general manager at Combank. She pumped. And most of my girlfriends, not to be disrespectful, are more educated and earn more money than their husbands. So six months, she's like back to work because she's the primary breadwinner. They live on the northern beaches. They've got an expensive mm. lifestyle, and her husband didn't really like where he was working, and he wasn't earning anywhere near as much as her. And she went, why don't you just quit? And he's like the stay-at-home dad now and he writes books and does stuff and earns a little bit of income and he's got investments mm. and buys properties and he still yeah. provides. Yeah. And she went back to work after six months, popped another one out the next year, there's like 17 months between them and that was it. Okay. She went bang, bang, done, only one, two, that's it. Yeah. yeah. But she waited until she was 35 to get to that point where she had a job to come back to and come back to really good. Mm. Every two years they rotate you in teams anyway because they're like, like most banks, once you know what you're doing, they want you to have a stretch goal. So yeah. when she came back, they were like, oh, your next move's going to be this, you know, your next move's going to be that. And they kind of plan out all the moves because she's that senior where she's got teams of people reporting into her. Mm -hmm. And she's been there maybe 10 years and they've been really good. Yeah. I mean, she works stupid hours. Sometimes she doesn't get home until 8 o'clock at night. Mm. But every Friday she works from home. Every Friday she takes the kids to school. Every Friday she does reading mm. and stuff with the kids. Mm. Every Friday she picks them up. And she has conference calls and stuff in between. Yeah. And then every night, like you said, with your colleague, she smashes out work till like 10 o'clock at night while the kids are in bed. So oh. she does stupid like 60, 70 hour weeks. Oh. And even when she was on mat leave, she had to go back in. I was like, what? To do performance reviews on her team. And she's like, well, I'm their manager. I'm like, but you're on mat leave. You always have to be there for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's quite interesting though. The culture of the common bank um, will show that the almost more than 60% of the senior women, and they don't really go into this because this is just something that the women in the bank know, but 60% of the senior women have stay-at-home partners. Mm -hmm. That's wow. a very, wow. very common yeah. thing because 
you know, when I worked there, um, we uh, made really, really good money, and mm. so there was no need. And and so I think that yeah, at least seven or eight of the female GMs that I know all had stay-at-home partners. Mm. Their husbands didn't work. They just stay yeah, home. That, that kind of that works at the exact level. Or it does. Yeah. 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 I think the whole having two kids in quick succession. Yeah. yeah. That's fine if you've got enough. To have one person not working, yeah. or if you can afford daycare for two, three Otherwise, for a lot of people, you know, to have two children at an age where there's going to be an overlap of daycare. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's so Someone expensive. Someone's got to earn 100k just to, to pay, pay for daycare. daycare. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if you live anywhere around here. Yeah. Oh, I know the wages like, they pay through the nights for the mortgage. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I mean, that's just it's like a, like we've just decided that we're going to have another baby, and so she, anyway, my wife's like. But we we decided we were aiming to like we wanted well she wanted to, I wanted one, she said a lot but only child's a lonely child and I agree. Um, but um And she pinned you down and made you <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we were gonna like aim for just two. So I said two, all right, two. So we've, we've, we've settled with two, but we, I wanted them within two years because I heard that's a lot easier. They yes. get on all better. Um, I think you wanted them. Anyway. <laughs> um, Science. But that's, that is you can't say you don't want it now because it's already happened. Yeah. <laughs> don't go back on that one. Um, but that, like, that's, that's, I mean, that, that was like a, a big conversation for us. And I think a lot of, I look at our situation and I realize how, like, fortunate we are. You're blessed. And mm-hmm. I just do not see, even looking at what she does as a mother, like, at home, only work, even when she was working only part time, with me around. How the hell do people do it? Like, it's like twins. Twins. And how do people do it? (laughs) We only have to get pregnant once. That's the point. So yeah, I because I was starting my HR career, so I started my HR career a bit late, and I was in an advisor role. I got pregnant with twins, and I had a little bit of pressure to get back to work to continue my journey in HR where I would come where I was working at the time and so my husband and I made the decision he actually took a career break and he looked after our kids for the whole year and then he actually changed his career so he would work basically Friday to Monday and I'd work Monday to Friday I wouldn't see him but we made sure that we had covered you know but one of us was always with our kids and that lasted about 18 months to then he changed his role again to work Monday to Thursday. So he's now with the kids Friday. Nice to work Monday to Friday. And my journey in HR has been successful. I'm the primary breadwinner now. But it's one of those decisions I think everyone has. Yeah. You know, you, you make life choices. Yeah. You choose to have children. Or, yeah. You know, you decide what will I make. Will I continue mm. with my career? Mm. Do I put it on hold? What other sacrifices will my partner take? And I'm very lucky, I'm a very supportive husband who was willing and was actually very jealous that he was sent back to work after six weeks. Um, my kids were very preppy, so he went back to work and then came back for 10 days and had to go back again. So 
he was very happy that he got to spend the full year with them. Mm. But it would be nice. You hear about the Northern Hemisphere. I've got friends, same situation. They've got twins and a seven-year-old, like an older child. We visited. They pay nothing for childcare. The husband always dropped them off at school or daycare. She managed to work part-time, mm. fully supported mm -hmm. um, through to the primary school age. She was able to continue working part-time while the kids were at primary school and continue her career. Mm. It was mm. very different. Mm. Like, well, hard for you going back to work. <clears throat> it's not easy. You have to make those decisions mm. as well as a family financially. Um, whoever is making the most money with what's the best option for your family, not for you. Yeah. So that would be. But you, you made the right. Like, yeah, I made, made the right decision. decision. I'm happy yeah. with my decision. Yeah. My, uh, my husband's still jealous of me on a Friday when I rock up, and he's been arguing with them, and they come running to me on a Saturday morning, like the so we hang out, and my husband's like, "Oh, I'm still here, you know." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think you don't lose that bond as a mother either. Yeah. No. Outside yeah. operations manager. They've got two kids and they struggled a lot to have kids and they weren't even going to end up having kids. They tried everything and they ended up having the first one and then the second one. And they made the decision she was going to stay at home until the second one goes to school. He's having 18 months or almost two. And he said to me, I'm glad I earned enough to do that. And they managed to move from just a house in suburbia to a property of acreage. And, but he has worked really hard with his crew. He's been in our company 13 years and worked his way up to the most senior manufacturing role. Mm -hmm. And he's been groomed now for the GM role in the future, succession planning. But he said, we made that choice because that we didn't think we could have kids. And when we did, we wanted to spend all that time with them and mm -hmm. we want someone to be with them till they're five. Yeah. But he said, it would be so, I'm so blessed, A, that we could eventually have kids and B, that we're in a position where my wife can stay home and mm -hmm. be with the kids because not everyone's got that choice in their life yeah. and I think, I think it's kind of like I was talking to someone was it you it was you or it was both of you um earlier about how the, the whole like I think what you're doing with trio is like really important because the best way to change the culture on this kind of thing is just to start doing it like mm -hmm. it's one of those like that, that whole concept of money like we've created this concept of money and now mm -hmm. we work for it and we've created something and we work every day for it like how mm -hmm. dumb is that as a species <laughs> but it, it's just the way it is and and i think it's it's similar with this you know we've created this this way of of operating um and it's extremely capitalist but it's the way it is, and the best way to change that isn't just to throw it all out. It's to just start something that works and allow that to slowly Permeate. make it, you know, make the norm. Yeah, become the norm exactly. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of what's exciting about all of this is that there are lots of stories that are actually working. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and it's important too, I guess. Um, you know, uh, while the 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 Com Bank has had its share of um, bad decision making, um, Ian Nara was a relatively young dad when he was there, and he, you know, he would leave because he had to go get his kids from school, and he was running the bank, and people were like, but but, but he's like, yeah, no, I I got school pick up today, I gotta go. You Isn't know? that a great role model? I mean, yeah. you need always, that has to be from the top down. The yeah, you just stopped halfway through. <laughs> um, but at least I think that he's he, he's going to be a good dad. Yeah, rotten CEO, but a really good dad. <laughs> right, so he's accomplished something that really for yeah. all of us. 
as a society is more important. Yeah. I would rather see him be a good father than yeah. a brilliant CEO and then we, you know, like yeah. you know, the kids drinking and everything else. You know, no, I'd rather you invest in, in the future and those kinds of things than, you know, share market because and I think that's that's kind of, sorry, I don't want to be one of those people who dominates the conversation, but mm -hmm. doing it I well. think that's interesting Now that you're about to be dead. <laughs> Um, it's got a passion. No. But you can't quit because your wife quits, so you've got to stay. Yeah, people are in the family. And now I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. If you think the really cool thing. Um, what was it that you just said in the last one? CEO, Robert. He, he's going to be a great dad. dad. Not no, drinking. And it didn't feel like you didn't dominate the conversation. You didn't pop the pipe. Do you have baby brain? So I worked for West Farmers and in the industrial Teaching them about how to keep in touch with the women that are on maternity leave, but also the men that maybe are on maternity leave. How are you finding that? Sorry, how are you finding the employers being receptive to that and understanding what they need to do to keep to keep contact with their yeah. So we do have men and women on the platform. We openly um, promote sort of a gender neutral um, approach to it. Um, we make um, everything really simple for the manager. Um, and because we take away their workload um, and we're basically a, a safety net for them, they're happy to you know, send on that information. What we've done with the keeping in touch um, whilst they're away, we've actually moved the emphasis away from the manager onto the colleagues and it's employee controlled. So the employee nominates who they hear from, about what and how often, right. and then the system contacts those nominees at the frequency dictated or requested, um, and then the, the colleagues provide their updates, the system curates an email and sends it to the person on leave, to their personal email address. So they're getting juicy gossip that keeps, you know, it's really the glue that keeps people connected to their team, as well as all the high level business information, personnel changes, system changes, things like that. Um, it's prompting the colleagues to keep um, their the person on leave updated. And like you were saying, when you then come back to work, irrespective of how long that period away has been, you really still feel that you're part of the team and you've been across everything that's happened. So that transition back is a lot quicker and a lot smoother. So I think it's that combination that we're making it so easy for managers that they don't need to do anything but press a button. Why wouldn't they? Um, and it, when their people are away from the business, it's actually the colleagues, and you know they're your friends. So um, you know they're they're prompted. So it's it's just a beautiful sort of synergy really between the two. Yeah, because my experience has always been out of sight, out of mind. So therefore, yeah. even colleagues, great friends, unless they're so close to each other, they see each other outside work. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're not work, socially you're friends outside of work, you might have lunched with them all the time in work, but yeah. Yeah, and it just it changes completely. So some sort of system, and that's why it's the question, you know, how is it being accepted by the, yeah. the staff and, and the managers in particular, and how are they sort of adopting it? And if 
easily or are they yeah. sort of saying, well, I'm not quite sure I really understand why we need to do this? Yeah. It, so it's the companies that I'm working with have either um, invested in their parental leave policy, so predominantly put in a paid policy in place. Mm. Um, so they want to underpin it with a process that ensures that the benefits are actually going to be seen and delivered to the employee. Mm. Um, and one company, which goes back to um, what we were saying about very male dominated, so they've got 80% men and intergenerations. So we've got um, old and young generations, you know, three or four generations in one organization. So when we talk about traditionally the older generations are the ones that are in management and then you've got the younger generations coming through and having families and there's a real disparity between their perception the manager's perception you know back in my day you know my I have a wife and she's at home and she does the job of parenting and picking up the kids and job why are you asking for you know flexibility or time off why are you doing the pickup but this company, obviously, the younger generation is their future of the business. So they need to keep these people happy. They need to keep them in case they need to retain them. But, but there's just this huge gap. So they've actually brought us on board to, to try and shift the dial and change the conversation and really sort of change the culture. Technology can't change culture, but it can start to change the conversation and educate and inform. Um, so that's sort of why, and they've got 80% men, men are on our platform. Um, so, you know, the other thing that they wanted to do was if we can provide all of this information to our fathers, they're going to take that home. And if they can support their wives or partners better, they're going to be more productive when they come back into work. So it's really a sort of circular community approach rather than just a really narrow-minded, this is my business and we only want to benefit my bus our business. It's a much sort of broader perspective. Yeah, it comes into wellness. Yeah. Mental health. Yeah. 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 Because mental health month this month. Mm. It is. And yesterday was World Mental Health Day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's really cool. And through your research, did you find people are doing it well <coughs> already or have you found, have you come Very across? few companies are really doing it well. Um, are, they aware, or are they aware of it though? So I think there's some companies that just don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, we... Yeah, we just don't care. When you put a cost, when you associate a cost to that, mm. yeah, the attraction and retention is significant, right? Yeah. I mean, you're in HR, you know, it's the figures of anything between 75 to 300% cost in yeah. terms of attrition. That's crazy. It's, isn't it, right? And I can't believe how your percentages, sorry, that um, three out of five women take lesser skilled. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I believe that 30% left in the first year. Yeah. Well, back and go, oh, I don't like this, yeah. see you later. Yeah. Oh, I can't get the flexibility. Yeah. Flex or challenge. Yeah. Or flexibility is a big thing. Time, you have to do full time, that's it. Yeah. Or their transition back hasn't been supported. So you were saying you did, you know, um, a staggered return. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, you know, one thing that a lot of companies are looking at to do to really mm -hmm. help that transition back. Um, but yes, you know, women are leaving um, in, you know, in droves, but people don't measure that. Year, that year after they just right. measure the retention mm -hmm. and really that's you know they've gone through um the maternity leave you've if it's been a paid um parental leave mm -hmm. you know you've you've invested in them mm -hmm. it's crazy to then lose them just because there's 
that, you know, that transition hasn't been monitored. Mm. And I think a lot is because companies are inflexible. Exactly mm. what you were saying. It's, mm. it's almost in the two hard baskets. Because she's amazing. And he said she's amazing. Yeah. But in his head, he wanted someone five days. I think he was that stressed out with the workload, he couldn't see that a part-time person could help. That's yeah. Perception. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, personal situation. My wife's uh, the business that she worked with for a decade mm. closed down while she was on the basically. So she was faced with coming back into the workforce fresh, yeah. not going back to somewhere that she's valued and uh, yeah. understand her track record, etc. And she found <laughs> it a real struggle to get the flexibility that she would ideally have wanted to do. She works she works full time at yeah. the moment. Um, she would ideally not want to be working full time, but she doesn't really have, have a choice. By yeah. of um, I just wondered whether you have any experience of, of companies acknowledging that providing that level of same level of flexibility to new mm-hmm. people coming into the business who are returning from that leave yeah. to attract that top talent, as opposed to just providing support and flexibility to returning Existing. people. Yeah. Do you have are companies doing that? Yes, they are. Cool. So they're, but they're not. There's not a huge numbers, but yes, they are. You know, there's. Um, there's a sort of a movement that really is around all roles flex, you know, because the more we make flexibility the norm, um, the more we provide flexibility and we normalise parenting for all parents, we remove that sort of spike of it's a women's issue. You know, only women are asking for flexibility, only women are putting their sort of head up and being identified as they're not ambitious or we're going to have to put them into a lower role or we can't have that flexibility because they're not going to be able to do that job as well as what I need. Um, so you know, the sooner all roles are flexible, then the better. Um, you know, the step before that would be men and women, or all parents having um, flexibility. But yeah, there are. So there are um, Flex Careers is a key organisation that promotes um, companies that are only family friendly and f- flexible. Uh, Work One Eighty, Beam, um, and Pufflin. So they would be four organisations that are really focused. And their policies are, we will only work with companies that meet certain criteria and that they are flexible and that they are family friendly. Mm. I think it's important though too, especially with such a diverse workforce that I found that I had somebody else on my team who wanted flexibility that didn't have kids. Yeah. And I went, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it's like, oh, you're a parent, that means you get put in this box. No, you're a human and we're on this Yes, that's, yes, 100%. What I was just about to say, all of this is, it's not, this is like just slow progress toward us not focusing on profit and actually focusing on people. Like all of this stuff, all of these conversations around wellness, all of that, it's all just moving from, money to people mm. whereas forever it's just been money and bottom line every company's eager, yeah. eager but the irony is i mean you've all got experience of that flexible workers are actually really productive and they're really, really productive pr- profitable a week. i leave because i've decided not to do 60 70 hours a week because i'm always sick but i leave now i'm going it's 5 30 baby since 8 30 that's enough yeah and the, the three day a week is still there every day she's there when i get in she's there when i leave and he didn't want her back three days a week. Oh, and yeah. so if I was doing 60, 70 hours, she's doing that yeah. probably. Yeah, I was going to say, but she week. does five yeah. days worth. And the thing is, is that we now know as a result of a lot of studies that have been, that have been done, 
working eight hours a day, you're really only um, really at the top of your game between four to five hours in that mm -hmm. day. Yeah. So I had a really great experience <coughs> in California. I worked for Merrill Lynch Mortgage, and we all worked a nine-day fortnight. So everybody was still 40 hours, so because you know they still wanted their, their pound of flesh. <laughs> yeah, so we worked like a little bit longer Monday through. Well, I always like having Mondays off because Fridays you get to wear jeans, so why wouldn't you want to come to work? So I was Monday No, So you know, I come into work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You work a little bit longer day. Fridays were always eight-hour days, and then the next week I would work Monday to Friday in normal week. So you would almost bank. The hours so that you could always have one day off out of every single fortnight and there were people that, i mean we stayed at that company for like you know forever plus it was overlooking tory pine so it had a really good view <laughs> but i mean people would, would just you know would be clamoring to get to work there because who didn't want to work a nine-day fortnight especially in southern california yeah what amazing culture Oh, yeah. He's going to be like that in Sydney. Yeah. Is that why the water's getting accidental? No, that was in Michigan. But we've got an example in New Zealand where there's a company there that's just gone full time on it, but they pay people five days for a four day week. Yeah, it's based on productivity. And despite the fact that we don't talk about money, their productivity went through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. I and they were paying yes i do know exactly that story yeah i think it was a six was it six hours a day or half days they went to half days yeah, half, and they did exactly the same productivity yes but you had to have certain things achieved. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's, your, that's your productivity. And if you haven't done it, people would just stay, but they'd stay of their own accord because yeah. most days they get to go surfing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that, if, if you are, you're not going to let the side down there, are you? No. 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 But they actually found that the productivity didn't drop at all, despite no. everyone having every other thing to do. So. And look at what else you're going to achieve from that. You know, your retention, your, retention, your engagement, yeah. your happiness, the oh, you know, your brand. But that's it, the brand for actually. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd have a list of people wanting to work for you. Yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I think that, um, you know, the minute that you're happy, that's true. Though, I think the first thing that you start to find the statistics are the minute that you get to be in a better workspace, your productivity goes up immediately by 19%. That's just by like coming into a workspace that you like. So you can imagine if you get to come into a workspace that you love, that gives you a four-day work week, your productivity is just simply going to go through the roof because it's letting you be a human while actually working at the same time rather than just a cog and wheel to you know just constantly you know do all that kind of that kind of stuff. And I'm hoping that you know knock on artificial wood here um, as we continue yeah, to really? get more. So that, no, that's pressed. <laughs> um, <laughs> As we as we work to get more, I guess, um, aware of the way that the human brain works and how we actually react to things, hopefully people will start to get really clever because mm -hmm. otherwise 
we've got all this wasted time. People, I read the other day something, there was this guy, I think, in one of the things I read, James Ulcher or something like that, he wrote this article about everybody needs to stop reading the newspaper because it takes up 45 minutes of your day and you could be actually putting that <laughs> oh my to God. You know, getting ahead and being a billionaire and, you know, and people at work are wasting all this time and they're on the thing and they're doing you know social kind of stuff and I'm like, yeah, and? <laughs> You know, five hours. That's what you get out of people. You get five yeah. hours. The rest of the time, lunch, breaks, chatting to people, being human. So why not <coughs> pare it down? And, if, and I know myself, when you were a, a kid in school, if they said, yeah, you can go as soon as you finish that, yeah. man, I would have done that hard. Yes. Now, really, I get to go, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm out, right? Can I have a class? <laughs> But it was it was the idea of give me my freedom. That's and really the reason that we work. It's yes, freedom. it's to buy things, but we work yeah. for freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that we do is to buy personal yeah. freedom, and yet that we sacrifice. It's it's crazy. it's crazy. It's crazy. But we still have to get past that attitude, which we still have, which is we start at nine o'clock, we finish at five o'clock, and if you're not at the desk for that period, yeah, yeah. Time, you're, you're not going to be back for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you're not. And and really, it's not, not it's not five o'clock anymore. It's five thirty, and if you're leaving too early, then you don't yeah. get dedicated Sometimes to this job. And, and if you're not still there at seven, you're not I committed. Another great hair sitting in there, managing the people below them. Yeah, and, and I'm rubbing my hands together, waiting for heart attacks yeah. for all of them. I just want yeah. them all to go because I think that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> crossroads right now there are things that are happening all over the world and I think that that's starting to shift it's not going to be painless I think that there's going to be a lot of you know a lot of tears and a lot of you know uncomfortableness but I think that with the Millennials that are coming through um, you know people are like and this guy was going on about you know you need to have loyalty to your, to your country there, uh, to your company there's not a single millennial that's gonna have loyalty to, to a company right. you pay me good you're not paying me I'm gone. how many companies have loyalty to their employees that's not like it was when we were in the oh, already the yes there isn't really. I, is there? Tomorrow, if I left, they couldn't care less. They'll just get someone yeah. else. Yeah. Everyone's replaceable. Oh. Much. Companies are going to have to change, though, to attract and retain yeah. that workforce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and keep keep them. Yeah. So they're gonna. Ha it has. They have to shift. They have to change. Mm -hmm. How many companies, when you've been going for interviews and you look on their website and they say they've got all these flexible work practices? Yeah. You ask a few questions in the interview and you're like, you don't really just put it on your website. Yes. You get there and they expect you to be there 60, 70 hours a week. And if you're not, they're like, where are you? Yeah. You're not doing any work. Like, our company lets us, and it's really hard in HR to work from home, but I did today. So a couple of tradespeople to come at home. Well, I find I'm more productive at home because no one bothers mm -hmm. me. I smash it out. I get a couple of phone calls you back in the stupid questions. or something. Because yeah. um, if you're in your office, they go, oh, that's right. And it's, my boss said to me one day, Heather, your office is like, a doctor's surgery. I need a ticket to come and see you. It's like they tag team and he can't even come in because it's like back to back all day. Yeah. I can't even reply to emails because it's like tag team. Yeah. And they all come and download and tell me their problems and they feel better. And then I go home with 57 problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and work all night. Did you fix mine? Oh, well, I had another seven. Like I walked in on Monday. I got an email on Sunday and I was at a sexual harassment complaint. So I entered 
investigated that. Then I fired someone for smoking pot before their pre appointment medical and they failed their pre appointment medical. And in wow. between that, Monday morning, One doesn't cancel out the other. No, I think that it's. Um, I think that it's. I think that companies are changing, and when you do look at large organizations like the Commonwealth Bank, they do do maternity leave and paternity leave really, yeah, really well, mm-hmm. and there are people out there that do encourage it. My previous GM, I had somebody else in our team who had twins. I don't know if it was in the water. I'm not too sure, um, but she also had twins, and so she said, "Well." I'm only going to come back three days a week. And he's like, oh, okay, fine, fine. He's like, are you okay with that? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure, we can work with that. It's not a problem. And after about a month, he's like, so, can we ask her to come back four days a week? And I'm like, no. <laughs> he's like, but, but I bet she would if we asked her. I'm like, I bet she would if we asked her. So guess what? If you want her back four days a week, you ask her, because I'm not going to do that. Mm. Well, he was like spineless, so it never happened. <laughs> um, and then about you know another two months later, he's like, you know, really, she needs to come. And I'm like, why? What is it that you are not getting that you're mm. looking for? And I think it was very much, you know, it's like he he was a, a, the kind of man that liked to walk into his office space and have See, everyone with, sitting there. Well, in his case, all oh, women. On, 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 you know, he had, he had his own little harem kind of thing. Going on. <laughs> and he liked to have like all the you know all the women there. He's also that guy kind of subconsciously, well I have to work five days a week. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But does that make I think that is a lot yeah. And it's seen as a privilege. It's seen as a privilege. More done today than if I was in the office because not one person bothered me. Yeah. And I got one phone call all day. Yeah, but no one else's problem was solved. That's okay because tomorrow I'll have them all the new startups and stuff like that as well. Because they're trialing totally new models, they're able to um, create this type of thing. Um, the way it needs to happen, as opposed to sticking to old things too. So I, feel, I really feel like, like Elsa said, with the you know heart attacks <coughs> that happen, um, that it will it will sort of phase itself out because there are a lot of very forward-thinking young people starting. And the old school people will have to retire eventually. Yeah. And there are other ways around this. I remember when I was way back when I was going to (laughs) university and my sister was home and decided she wanted to go back to university 
and she had had two children by that point. And I can remember we picked a uh, college that was a little bit odd so that we could go to the same school as ourselves. It was like new wave kind of thing. They had um, childcare right there in the school, in the lunchroom kind of thing behind glass. So if you were there at school all day doing your thing, my sister could like drop in and see the kids during the day. She was right there. And I think that's the other thing that we need to really, society needs to look at is, let's bring childcare into a much more managed kind of situation. Not where you drop your kid off who's like then three hours away because you have to commute down to Sydney because you can't afford to buy a house here. Mm -hmm. And then as the kid's sick, oh my God, then you gotta, you know, you're freaking out about getting back and stuff like that. I think that the other thing is to really, I'm, I'm hoping that more large corporations We'll look at incorporating creches and childcare mm-hmm. on site so that it then parents also can kind of leverage that that yeah. sense of being right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My first job in HR did. It was brilliant. Insurance Australia Group was my first. I was like you, late into HR. I think I was about 30 when I got my first HR job because I did all my rest of my career in accounting. And Insurance Australia Group had to keep in touch with the mums. So yeah. when they found out you were pregnant, they had like a group. And it was run by a different mm. HR department. I think it was mm. the legal department. And then they did updates and emails, and they were all mm. in the same room. They could share ideas, and That's and they great. had on they had a whole floor of meeting rooms if you wanted to book because it was mm. in the city. We had twenty five floors, so level thirteen. I can't remember if that was right. I think it was because no one wanted to work on level thirteen. That's right. yeah. That's where all the meeting rooms were. <laughs> and they had, actually had this room if your kid was sick. You, you could bring them in this room, yeah. and it had a microwave, and you could heat up your milk, and it had. Yeah. TV for the kids to watch movies, and you could actually just work from that room all day. So you could take your laptop down there and actually sit there and bring your kids to work. For the That's seat. great. Yeah, and I was like really blown away because mm. I was thirty. And I was like, yeah, I've worked for these small businesses that are accounting firms, and I've gone into this twenty-five story. Didn't even know how to get there the first day. You know, went for the interview. I'm like, hang on, where do I go again? <laughs> And they had this room. I mean, it was only one room, and it like you kind of had to book but it But back out. in, yeah, that but would have been impressive. If you needed to go and express milk or whatever, you could close yeah. the door and do it. You had to book it. So it was that stigma was removed because you weren't sitting at your desk going, my, my kid's under the table, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I've got no one else to look after it. Yeah. And there was this, it's available to everyone, and there was comms, and I knew about it, and I've never had kids, I don't want kids, and I knew where this room was. So yeah. it was really well... They'd have meetings and tell you about it, you know, they'd have comm sessions, yeah. and so everybody knew about it. And even if you're a bloke and you wanted to bring your kid to work because your wife couldn't, you could sit in that room and the kid could watch movies and you could do your job, you know? Yeah. I think that, that, that what you mentioned about expressing and all that, I think that kind of the the rawness of having a kid is another thing. That, that I think whole, you have like, to have a kid as well because we were talking about expressing yeah. and that before I had my daughter, someone was having this conversation and it's like me personally, I probably would have felt a bit um, well, you would, you awkward. Would have, oh, I would have given yeah, it yeah. But now that I've come like, well, that's just part and parcel. That, you yeah. need to be okay with it. But if you haven't gone through that, then, and you can't expect people to be okay with it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. I think that I think that there needs to be like more education within organisations around that because yeah. it's like I see that at home, if I'm if I'm at home with Louie or whatever, and my wife, I don't know, he starts crying and she's having a shower or something, I'm if I'm on the phone, what what am I going to do? I'm not going to leave my kid to cry. So I've got someone on the other end who potentially doesn't have a kid or has any understanding <laughs> at all, and I'm saying, you and know, you can hear the kid screaming, yeah, yeah. and oh, oh no, well, screaming in the phone because I don't know. <laughs> um, and 
but I think like that whole taboo around like having kids at that age is or at any age that I've experienced. It should be so taboo. Far, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like if I was on the phone to you, okay, do you need to go and call me back later? Surely they say that. Yeah, I actually yeah. think that that hum- like when I had that with Piper, for example, I think it humanises you. Yeah. No, to me, I think candidates that I'm talking to or a client that I'm talking to can can see me as a human being. There's more of a connection there that's not just I mean, me. I it does, but it depends the on them because I would have conversations yeah. before I had my daughter with um, and women like in HR and they are, they do have children and they would have a screaming child in the background. I'll be honest, I would be like, oh my gosh, why can Yeah, I'm professional. Yeah, my mum. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. I'm like, take all the time that you want. Like, oh, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like you probably haven't even brushed your hair today or had a cup of tea. Or you're still in your pajamas. Yes, I you are. And you a shower. Yeah, but you know where it's probably come from? Like when we were younger and we grew up because we've all we've all been born from our mother our mothers like that's yeah. so i think it's something that will change because it's about us as parents now or as parents to educate our children to be okay with it so my our mothers probably never said sat down and said because it was quite taboo back then oh well like yeah you do like i did breastfeed you and you this is life and this is like, and so the conversations that parents are having with us as children will be very different to the conversations that we'll be having with our yes. children and it's up to us mm. to have those conversations with our children to let them be okay about it before they have children yes. so that they are comfortable with that and mm. if they haven't had a child and someone's breastfeeding in front of them, they don't feel awkward because they will, we, will, we will probably breastfeed ourselves. Like, how are we going to survive yeah. if mm-hmm. our mothers don't look after us? That's so true because our parents never talked about any of that. Never, yeah. And that's, and that's what like I feel as well with that whole that, that whole taboo around it. Like you said, it makes it, for you, for some people, it's more personal. It's more of a personal connection. And I think that's the case with a lot of people that I talk to, but there's a lot of people that I might be, seeing, I don't know, doing some deal with or whatever, and they would literally, like, they would draw the line at that. They'd be like, right, it's over. And to me, now, yeah. before I had a kid, I would have been all upset about it. Now, I'm like, well, I don't want to work with someone like yeah. that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. if you don't understand that, then I don't want to be a part of my business. But it can be irritating, like Bianca said, you're like in mid-conversation and the kid's screaming and the parent's not doing anything to quiet the kid down. Absolutely. Well, before I had a child. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're like, it's okay, you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, like, call me back anytime. <laughs> there's a point where you kind of like abandon ship. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah. just going to shout. You've got at least 10 minutes before she gets out, right? <laughs> they had a video on that was quite popular on uh, YouTube not too long ago, and I think I picked it up on one of my, my many reads. And it was this guy doing a uh, interview. He was he was being interviewed online, live on air. Oh, I love yeah, it. And was it when the nanny came in? And they came in and it was a Oh, she had a pants down. Well, she's squatting down. But now she had she just she was on the toilet. She had a pants down. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I saw her squatting down. I saw that. 
like, that yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And he was, even though, like, he, he was laughing. He was so confused, though. He, he still delivered. He how, still did his yeah, job. that's what I thought. Yeah. How did he actually keep yeah. going? Because he's a dad. Yeah. It's like, this is what you <laughs> do. So and that was so good. And that was a message to everyone else. That was a message to everyone else. You know what? This happened. And it was live. It was streaming live, so I couldn't, like, not upload it and do it again. You can do that and be okay with it. And she was all frantic and she's sitting on a chair trying to get out the door. I didn't know she had a pants now. I didn't notice that. I didn't even notice that. I thought it was a little bit craven, but they recently had a fashion show where they had some of the models and at least one of them was coming down the modeling walkway while wearing her breast pump. Oh, I, I want it accessorized, at least cutting <laughs> out. Was, was it accidental? No, no, it was, it was on purpose. It was, on, it, was, it was on purpose because it was all about challenging norms and concepts of you know, female beauty and whatever, I don't know. Um, but it was kind of like, you know, and, and here's what I'm doing, or or the woman who went to Parliament and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm breastfeeding, and there you go, and oh well, and people, oh, how can you do that? That's rude. And it's like, you know, this is how people get grown. Yeah. This is how people get grown. And you've probably done this. Yeah. Like, when you're a baby, this has probably, this has yeah. probably got to you to where you are now. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what, you can do it so discreetly. Like, I was in a food court with my parents on the weekend, my dad is... 100% old school. <laughs> and there was this woman, and he was more interested in her little two-year-old little granddaughter, or whatever it was. No, daughter, sorry. And her husband's playing with a little two-year-old. And he said, my dad looks over at one stage and he can see a double three. Well, there must be another one, he says. And I look over and she's got the baby <laughs> under there and she's got the shawl over. He could not see anything. I said, oh, she's feeding the baby. Dad's gone, what? Oh, yeah, okay. And he's, too, he's like, look at the little pink shoes she's got on over there. And, but my dad's so old school, but because my sister's had two kids and he sat there next to my sister yeah. while she's breastfeeding, yeah. he's like, do you want me to leave the room? She's like, no, Dad, I've got everything covered. You don't see anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. So he's got used to it, but he was very much like, you don't do that in front of me. I don't need to see that. You go in another room and close the door, you know. They are changing. There was a there was a feed today on one of the things I was watching somewhere, where a woman was giving the weather report. We were baby on her back. A one year old on the back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. one of the swings. Yeah. yeah, and she was doing the weather report. Here's the kid on the back. See that, like that yeah. to me is what I would just love to see. Yeah, report. it's incredible. Because that's how it should be. Yeah. Why should we feel like we have to hide this stuff? It's the same. Mm taboo that's around like talking about going to the toilet and stuff like that i mean it's gross but the reality is, <laughs> yeah, the reality is we all do it like it's just it's just it happens no what's gross is when your kid puts the potty in the lounge and pulls their pants down and goes to the toilet in the lounge room because one of my friend's kids did that hey i did a poo and i'm like that's great it's pretty awesome trust me <laughs> <laughs> shift I think mm. in the last probably the last five to six mm. years I think and I think it's also too because a lot of women in senior positions 
have moved away from the Cheryl Sandberg approach to just lean in. Yeah. It'd be really easy for me to just lean in if yeah. I made her salary. Almost yeah. lean in if you made her salary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not hard to lean in when you've got a cook, a cleaner, mm -hmm. somebody looking after your kids. Yanni, lean in. But now you've got more women out there that are going, you know, I'm, I'm juggling stuff here and things are really frantic. And women, I think, are, are being more open about our needs and starting mm. to get a little bit more vocal. And sharing the mental it. load. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Like men, like you guys, taking yeah. the mental load. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like that's the hardest part, I that, think. That's a, and that's, that's why women... It's yeah. a cultural thing. Back. But we need a government still, and we've seen it over the last several years where the government is so far behind the population mm. on the attitudes. But the government really needs to come to the party and, and forget getting big business tax cuts. We need to increase it so that we can actually increase the, the compensation given to people to stay at home and look after their kids. Mm. Yeah, because if yeah. they raise their kids well, we will have to pay for them later when they go cray-cray. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's right. right. It becomes so much easier and everything else, you know, a lot of things start to go right as opposed to wrong. Mm. And, and they save money in the long run. Yeah, and I think you see that in the Nordic countries already. You, you get that sense of their sense of what is important and their sense of prior, you know, what are their priorities is a lot different. And yes, people do complain. The tax rate is ridiculously high. I am only first generation American. I, my mother and all the family is back in Denmark, so I, I'm quite aware of how the things kind of work there. And my godmother would go back and she's like, oh my gosh, we have to bring in bottles of bourbon because bottles of bourbon, they're like $120, $90. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, because there's like 87 thousand percent tax on it. I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, yeah, I know. Because even now, because my mother was born and raised and was a Danish citizen, if something happens to me, I can fly to Denmark, get off the plane, show my birth certificate and say, I need you to look after me, and they will. That's what they say. I'm going to have friends here. Mm. Over the last, um, so I play a sport that's sort of largely Scandinavian. Curlies? Uh, no, floorboard. Oh, okay. Um, and um, a lot of those have now got to kind of age where they're having kids, and quite a few of them have gone home to have the children yep. based on what they get for that first couple of years, their quality of life for that first few yep. years of their kid's life. Yeah. They can be around them, they're not under financial strain, all of that kind of stuff, and then eventually they come back here. But they, they go. To do that. And their tax structure there to your point is very different in that it's almost a flat tax structure. So even the very wealthy people in, in Denmark are not really very wealthy. They're only yeah. like maybe this much instead of, you know, yeah. here I think it's your average CEO makes 600 times the amount of what the average worker in the company makes. Mm. Whereas in Denmark, it's like, you know, they're lucky if they get seven or 10 times as right. much as what the average worker makes at that at that level, because they get taxed. Mm. Everything gets taxed, tax, tax, and the more money you make, the more they tax you. So but it starts from right from the get-go. Yes. I know they have been, um, I think it's Finland, isn't it, but they do the thing when you first have a child in the hospital and they get the, the sort box. of- The box. Yeah, it becomes yeah. a bed yep. with, really? with all the goodies in it. Things you need to take your child home in the carpet, yeah. and there's your box. We used to get one of those. That's obviously taxpayer yeah. money. Yeah, it's a cardboard box. Keep it going for the first one. No, we get, we get <laughs> sachets of Q Rash. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> 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 Yeah, okay, we're 
know, what do we need to do to actually support people in that first yeah. period when, frankly, when you have your first kid, and you're like, what the heck is going on? Scared shitless. Maddie's trying to keep the seat in the car yeah. for the baby catcher. Yeah. The, the, the more <laughs> that the society can make easier for you at that time, better because that's when you're really vulnerable. You're vulnerable, yeah. you're time poor, you're tired. Mm-hmm. If society can say, well, hey, look, these are the things that are going to make that period of your life and I think that really brings it into like can you tell us like what your vision is for Trio like where do you see it and how do you see it morphing um, clearly a lot of passion around it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially from the boys in the <laughs> I know. I mean, this, this is part of it. You know, I would love um, all parents, like there literally to be no gender, no primary, secondary care around it, um, that, that parenting is just normal within a workplace. It's totally accepted. Um, and I mean, all parents have access to bond with their children. Um and that's simply it. You know, p- people stay engaged. They don't have to go through the stress of, I mean, I, I was only coaching women, but the stress of being made redundant or having a negative experience or mm. being out of work, like you say, your wife was out, but obviously it was, you know, the company closed down, but trying to find a job that fits around family, about part-time mm. hours, and, you know, you want to be able to be a good mum or be a good parent and also deliver at work. It's hugely stressful. So if we can just remove all of that and parents to be fully accepted, fully supported, and it to be a really just seamless transition. Yes, there is this sort of <laughs> hump that you have to get over when you become a parent. Um, but if, if companies are more human in their approach, then we should be able to really close that gap and make it a lot more seamless. And as you've been talking, you know, we are at um, Mental Health uh, Month. You know, I, I think there's must be a correlation between the rise in mental health illnesses today and mm. suicide rates of um, particularly in men mm. and the stresses they're under um, and the load of parenting. You know, mm. yes, there is the motherhood load, there is the mental load. Um, but, you know, women have to push back on their men um, mm. at home. Um, you know, we need support, otherwise we're going to break. Yeah. Um, men are unable or too afraid to speak up at work because mm. of the stigma around it. Mm. That's not good. Um, so there's just this huge amount of pressure. Where we're, we, you know, I feel like we're almost at a boiling point where, mm. you know, the lid is coming off. and like a pressure cooker. It yeah. is a pressure cooker. Um, and somewhere we have to be, just become more humanistic in our approach to how we treat people, you know, in general. In general. I, dived, I dived into a conference call today for Mental Health Week. It was run by Beyond Blue. I felt very mm-hmm. impressed by the end of the year of the statistics. Mm-hmm. But what really blew me away, because, you know, male youth suicide is often... Yes, it's so What really sad. blew me away was anxiety, and everyone's got a small amount of anxiety in their life, and it's how you manage it. Mm-hmm. But people with severe anxiety, they said one in three women... Mm. So it was only one in five men, and I was like, what? All the statistics are male suicide, male suicide. Mm. They don't want to talk to their mates. They don't want to share their feelings. Like, you know, if I have a bad day, I live by myself, I'm single, I'm a girlfriend, have a download, feel better. Mm. Men just go in their cave or whatever and don't talk about it. But all the anxiety stats were geared towards women. Yeah. And I looked at this slide going, what? Mm. By the end of it, I felt really depressed because then it was depression rates, suicide rates, and I was like, no, I am depressed after yeah. this hour conference call. But it blew me away that it was women. Mm anxiety and depression was more geared towards women and then obviously talked about suicide rates which are higher in men yeah but all the other 
significant mental illnesses, more women are experiencing experienced it. it and significantly more, like one to three versus one to five is nearly double. Yeah. And I was like, that can't be right, that can't be the stats. Yeah. They, it is. Do they make a reference to social media? No. So no. I feel yeah, that there's um, there's social media, mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, especially yeah. young girls, young and yeah. girls are just all yeah. like these influencers. God, I hate how it. many likes I've mm-hmm. got and you know, who's got the so, perfect life? So even those shops. So oh, well, and we didn't have that when we were kids. We didn't have the yeah. social media no. bullying. We just had in the playground. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then photos that they get for perfect families, like after being. I'm like, geez, like you, it must have taken you all day to get that one photo. Yeah. Like, seriously. And all the filters. And all the reality. You dressed up like that. And you look amazing. How did you do that? That one photo. Yeah. And then you post it, but then you write how amazing it is. And you've just had a baby. And how fantastic life is. And, and everything's great. And I'm like, that's not true. And she's got a bikini on and it adds a little That's a bad message. She looks after her child. I I've never had a baby and I don't have a sister. I've got my baby. Because then everyone else looks at it and they think, well, why am I struggling? Yeah. And so I shouldn't talk about it. And then they talk about like women's power and like empowering women to do all these things. And I'm like, that's not empowering women. No. Uh, you photoshopping yourself and yeah. getting your hair done and looking yeah. amazing and not promoting like it's not reality for everyone no, no. and it's so detrimental to it's just I think Sorry, because of yeah. our our generation we didn't have to grow up with that i've totally gone off topic sorry no but that, our kids have like that that's going to be their reality yeah. and that's yep. really scary and in america particularly there's been kids that have killed themselves because they're online bullying. yeah a lot yeah. Yeah, even locally like oh locally. yeah here yeah. in australia yeah. everywhere yeah and yeah. i think though too that what we're also going to see as we continue to evolve is a lot of people are going to be faced with um, a different type of caring situation as they get older they're going to have to look after their elderly parents mm-hmm. right not everybody's going to be able to put their parents in a home. No. And some people are going to have to be, you know, mom's now living with us. I mm. need to work from home a day. I got to take care of dad. I think that once that starts shifting too, we have to start looking after them because people are living longer. The care um, is That's right. And both parents work. It's not like actually on the increase. Yeah. So yeah. this is also going to be a problem. It's another mental health issue that I think that a mm. lot of it will be. I think they're going to recognize it's an environmental thing. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we have problems with kids and drugs and killing themselves is because we're putting it. So really, if you're going to have a kid and you're going to be a parent, be a parent. Mm-hmm. Be yeah. focused on that, growing that human being. And anything I can do to support you, that's why I don't, we don't have kids. Never mm-hmm. wanted to have kids. Mm-hmm. Am I happy to pay for public school education? Oh, yes. Why? Mm-hmm. Because you are my retirement plan, so here's mm-hmm. your money. <laughs> I mean, no problems at all. I am paying for that kind of, do I need to pay for a playground? Yes. Why? Because I want you kids to be happy and healthy and mm-hmm. not actually, you know, destroying things and doing vandalism. So, sure, here's my money. I don't have kids, but mm-hmm. here's the money. But I read something long time ago because I think I'm the only person that I know that doesn't have kids. Um, no, you're not awesome. too, yeah. Um, that the first five years of a children's life is the most formative. Yeah. And that they yeah. are like a sponge yeah. and they learn so much. Mm-hmm. I also read that they learn the most from the parent of the same gender. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I 
<laughs> well, and we know that the kids that were adopted under the Romanian orphanages when we went through that big cycle, a lot of those kids, something like almost 70% of those kids were traumatized and ended up having serious developmental delay because they didn't get nurtured. Yeah, and they didn't get cuddled. Kids need contact. Yeah. They mm. need they need physical contact with, with you know people and they need just, your time as a parent. Yeah, you mm-hmm. need to be focused and, and if you don't want to if you don't want to invest sorry <laughs> if you don't want to invest in them then you know put a cork in it and like you know don't have one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm a psych major and uh, I did a lot of uh, child studies. So the first like ten years in child development is actually really important, especially the first five years where you need to develop the attachment you have with uh, the child and the pet. Sorry, I'm a bit nervous. So. Oh, that's I'm sorry to be nervous. <laughs> We're going to grade you after. I'm going to say that to you, lecturer, and say that you did like, okay. So, for attachment, it affects a lot of things in terms of the child's relationship as a person and how they would be with not just their partner, but with interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. So that's why having a parent is like so important that you're there. And I think what you're doing is really great to like make sure that everything is, you know, like you give them the flow so that they feel like they can be with their child mm-hmm. and feel like having a sense of achievement mm-hmm. at the same time when you're at the age. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, I'm, I know nothing much. Um, um, that's not true. You're a psych major. Yeah. When they go bad like, as a teenager, it's yeah. because they don't really have the parental support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting, is it? Do you is there st- statistics then? Because obviously, the statistics for men now are obviously you know are obviously horrendous, and obviously for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and traditionally, it would have been the male, the father out at work and the mum at home. Mm. So the children wouldn't have had that attachment to the father Mm. the way that a lot of the generation, you know, the dads coming through now are really driving that. They they want that bond. They want that attachment. Mm. Is there any studies around, um, you know, fathers being not present at home that perhaps is influencing the rate of mental health illnesses within men today? If particularly just in a father, there might be, but I'm not too sure about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that like uh, heterosexual parents, uh, gay parents, they bring up the child just as well as yeah. heterosexual, maybe even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like gender doesn't really matter, but particularly just for the the absence of one parent, I'm yeah. not too sure if there is quite a difference. But it's funny because my best friend's got four boys. Yeah. And they really wanted a girl the first time and they found out the gender and they're like devastated and I was horrified. I was like, you have me a baby, who cares? Like <laughs> when they had it, they didn't care. And I was like slapping them around going, don't be stupid, you've got a baby. Yeah. And then she had three other boys and I was like, did you still want a girl? She's like, I wouldn't know what to do with a girl. Mm. And her husband is not as close to them as she is and she's the primary breadwinner has mm. always worked. And her oldest son had a girlfriend and told her and didn't tell the dad and said, don't tell dad. But came and said, hey, mum, I've got this girl. I want to take her on a date. Where do you think I should take her? And he's 16 now. Apparently they've been going out for two years. And she's really lovely. But the father had no idea. 
because he was 14 and came to the mum like, can I have some money for my Opal card and I want to take her on a date, where should I go? How cute. So cute, but he didn't want his dad to know that he had a date with a girl, he wanted to tell his mum. That is interesting. What I what I liked about what you said was about the flow. Like, there's what you've what you're creating is um, a structure, and it's not a structure where like it's a way for people to start thinking. Like, it's just it tr- <coughs> triggers them to think about something that they weren't thinking about before. And it's not like you're a, a, <coughs> like amending an existing process. You're actually putting something there that wasn't there before um and i think that in itself that whole idea of actually just bringing something in where there was nothing has a lot of potential as far as changing the way organizations operate with this sort of stuff which Mm. is really cool and rebecca how do you get your clients i guess Mm. so you obviously had to start from nothing yeah do you go to companies and present your ideas and see try and get them on board or it's just through conversations. Um, I'm lucky that I've worked obviously in recruitment um, in Sydney, so I have a really good network. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a moment in time where parental leave really is on the agenda. Mm-hmm. There's um, a lot of companies really wanting to move to um, policies which are inclusive, um, which you know is, is, is really, really important, not just because fathers want to be more involved in parenting but because of what that enables women to do and achieve Mm. um you know because that will enable more women to get back into the workforce um it will enable more women to earn more money so we can begin to close the super gap um so it enables it's there's lots of bigger picture things that i think it can achieve um but it's at the moment it's just through just yeah yeah and yeah, I don't know what the bigger marketing mm. strategy will be at this stage. Do I need to hire some more people? To do I that definitely would right, need to hire people. <laughs> yes. We've got yes. a really good marketing person on the market. <laughs> <laughs> She's done. Hired. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and that would help you maybe, too, maybe yeah. a no, but it's true. It, it is. It's a really exciting, like, I mean, obviously, as you see, Pete and I are quite talkative. Yeah. It's a, it's a really interesting area for me as well. But I, I, I get a little bit overly interested in this sort of stuff. I was the guy in, like, the mother's groups who only turned up. I was like, the only guy who turned up. Yeah. <laughs> but we need to break down those barriers. You know, we need to make men being fathers just openly accepted. You know, they shouldn't feel that they can't ask for flexibility. You know, women at home have to have those conversations with their partners. You know, we do have um, a gender pay gap and generally it is men that are the primary breadwinners, which means women are the ones that have to either stay at home or take part-time work or do other things with their career, which means they earn less, which means that impacts their super. Um, There are obviously cases where women are now becoming the breadwinner and that in itself is causing some organizations real challenges because when that woman decides to go back to work if the partner is in that organization they then become i guess less vocal at home because and they have become the ones that need to ask for flexibility because that you know they're actually not the breadwinner anymore so it's the woman at home saying well you 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 know you need to ask for this flexibility 
because the I'm the breadwinner. Okay yeah, so there's so, so many challenges. Yeah. I think that all depends on the women, as in where they are placed in their career. Mm. I had a business partner, had a baby, and a week later was back from mm. work. Oh, God. And the husband became the, the house dad for the next four years, five years. One week later, four years. back to work. Yeah. Oh. But also, some, sometimes, like, and the majority of the time, that's a, it's largely a financial decision around who yeah. is the mm. breadwinner, right? But again, like working for money, is that ideal? Because you might have someone that's not the, the, the primary earner, mm. might only earn two thirds of what the other person earns, mm. but really wants to get back into, has that yeah. real sort of drive and wants to be in the career, and the other person mm. might earn more money, but might be really cool with just being a parent. It's really staying at home, separating from the when you've got a mortgage and yeah, you've got a child, you're and you're so paying, you make your decisions yeah. around yeah. And and Carly and her husband. And your income is $60,000 a year. Yeah. And it's because we don't have this, the support systems, that net that that net that allows people to stay at home and do that sort of stuff. And I think make that choice. as well, people don't like the, the thing that I really like about the idea of getting more fathers in like involved in this like i was we were very i was very involved in the whole process from when we found out she was pregnant and before time, that as well I was, <laughs> uh, well maybe not me no. <laughs> um, and, um, but but that being involved in that really and and seeing what happened in those first even just the first three months because i remember we got we got Three days in with Louis, I actually remember lying in bed thinking, I don't know why everyone thinks this is so hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the first four weeks. So yeah. my husband was home the first four weeks and then it's just overnight. So he came home like after that, like cruising home and it just changed over. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. Like it's not like it was anymore. And I don't <laughs> think I don't think I, I think a lot of men literally you don't know what you don't know. And if yeah. you're not there, you don't know what yeah. is. Yeah, and they can't can't be yeah. Hey, you know how you know how you're talking before about females being the breadwinner and no support from the government? I'm the I'm the breadwinner in the family. And um well the main breadwinner, I should say. When I went on maternity leave last time with a two-year-old, I was $50 over the threshold, oh. and I'm the main breadwinner. Oh, God. My husband probably earned less than half of what I earn, and there was no scale. There was nothing. I got nothing from the government. Uh, because you... What for maternity? Nothing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't yeah. either. So yeah. I knew, like, going into this pregnancy, um, I just – so I had to, we had to – we had to – which safe. Yeah. So before we fell pregnant, so we before up, yeah, we fell pregnant. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. So we we had a really tight budget, and we we just saved because I wasn't going to get maternity leave, and I wasn't going to get any assistance from the government. I sat on the phone mm. many times on Centrelink, just trying for three hours on hold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, to give us patients, so like I know how it works. And, Four hours. And, but we had to we had to save for it. And even like in terms of like I said with maternity leave, I thought like we budgeted and I thought six months max and then it pushed out to like yeah, fourteen months. Mm. Um yeah. but it, it came to a point where we were like we knew we could survive. So that's and once you once we had our like once we had Ruby, our daughter, we had to weigh up what was more important and 
even if it took us however many years to get back to the position of, of where we were before we had her, we had to make that decision um, as a family. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just what, what you have to do. Mm -hmm. I think we got like $2,000. We got nothing. So from, no, that was that was <laughs> that was from um, that was like a rebate for something. We got it for, I got it for the boys because it wasn't means tested then. You what? I got it for the boys because it wasn't means tested then. Oh, I think yeah. it was five thousand yeah. dollars each. And you got a lump sum payment as soon as you popped the kid out, didn't you? Once? Yeah, it was yeah, five thousand. Yeah, because that's why there's so many single mothers in Western Sydney because they. Oh yeah, because you can live on five thousand for yeah. so long. <laughs> 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 And do you know what? This makes me crazy because he has daughters. Yes. And it's like, they're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. So, you know, well, when people, when people are in power, whether they're in businesses or government, and they're not doing things, and they have daughters, and they're not, you know, implementing policies or creating cultures that are supportive of women, equal pay, all of these, you know, parental leave pay and things like that. It, I just don't understand how yeah. you can be a father and not be driving equality across the board. And, and your children wouldn't be respecting you. Imagine going to yeah. three daughters and they're like, my dad, like you just rejected this policy. Yeah. Like he would not be popular at home, would he? That'd well, you'd think so, right? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. like that's probably where the whole, like just totally not even being on the same page yeah, as what's going on out there. <laughs> Yeah, zero bond or connection with your children. The only reason he's got nice daughters is because he wasn't around. Yeah, because the wife did the work.